Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Another edition of the Outsider's Edge. Um, I got some business to handle, but before I do that, let me introduce my co-host and my brother, my golden lover's brethren, Kyle Morris. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's just another night of living the dream here at the Edge. So uh, before we get into things, uh, we've been busy here at Social Suplex Studios. We have a sponsor now. We are reaching the fancy and we, shit. Fancy and shit. We're reaching the big times. Shout out to the homies at Powerbomb.tv. They are the biggest independent uh, video streaming service of wrestling out there. Check them out. They got like 3,000 hours of just footage. It's crazy. And um, if you go to www.powerslam.tv and use the coupon code Social Suplex, you'll get your first month free. So check him out, holla at your boys, get some good wrestling in your life, and uh, we appreciate them looking out for us. We also want to shout out to two new members to the family. We got two new podcasts to the family. We growing. Shout out to the homie Wilfred, Wilfred Watches, the Wilfred Watches podcast, and the Omega Luke Show. We are really taking over this wrestling shit. So shout out I to mean, the family. I mean, we're just better than everybody else. What can we say? much that's pretty much the that's pretty much the game um and speaking of better than everybody else well you know we the best show out there uh we know you've missed us so we got some hot takes for you uh go ahead you have something no oh no it's not a hot take i was just gonna tell them that instead of just spending a couple of minutes shitting on ring of honor we're gonna sit here and talk a little bit about final battle because final battle's coming up and um like anything, Ring of Honor, it's a mixed bag. So the the funny thing about this is, Kyle thought Ring of Honor, Ring, Kyle thought Final Battle already happened Friday. No, y'all, that's how out of it I am on Ring of Honor right now. It's this Friday, and um, it's their biggest show, the Hammerstein Ballroom, and I'm sure it will be expertly wrestled. But I'm gonna run through the card, and in, in full, and then I want you to give me your reactions after I'm done. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to start from the bottom up, as I always do. You have Kenny King versus Eli Isom. I have no idea who that kid is. You have. You Young have... guy, up and comer. Okay. Okay. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do they call it? The, um, 
the dojo. Yes. And, but what's the tournament they have? The Survival of the Fittest guys, yeah. Yes. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. versus John Gresham. The leader of the kingdom, Matt Taven, the real world champion versus Dalton Castle. Marty Skrull defends his uh, number one contendership or his rights to the world title match against Christopher Daniels. Flip Gordon versus Bully Ray in a very passionate I Quit match. The Ring of Honor World Television Championship is being defended uh, by Jeff Cobb against the one and the only Hangman Page. As usual, we see this normally happens at every final battle now. The Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships are being defended in the latter war with uh, the champions uh, who are SCU, Scorpio, Sky, and Kazarian against the Young, Buck and the Young Bucks and the Briscoes. You have a fatal four-way, um, well, I'm sorry, a four-corner survival match. I forgot his Ring of Honor. Uh, for, the, for the Ring of Honor Women of Honor Championship. And that's between Sumi Sakai, the world champ, uh, Madison Rain, Karen Q, and Kelly Klein. And you have the main event of the evening, the Ring of Honor World Championship uh, match between Jay Lethal, the champ, and Cody, the uh, challenger. What you think? All right. So a couple, uh, couple of things. If Dalton Castle doesn't come with the boys and Matt Taven doesn't come with the kingdom, it's an opportunity wasted. That's number one. Um, number two, Gresham versus Sabre will be in-ring excellence. Yes. Number three, Bully Ray and Flip Gordon, the only match on this card that has any kind of storyline sense behind it at fucking all. 100%. Um, and number four... Why the fuck you put all the elite people in matches with stipulations on the line when we all know they're leaving? And championships, yes, absolutely. It doesn't like, make sense. Like Christopher Daniels facing Marty Skrull with Marty's number one contender spot on the line screams desperation. Everything about that says we're not ready to push Flip to the title yet, but somebody got to take this spot from Marty. Why isn't it Matt Taven? Well, Matt Taven is the real world champion. That's number one. Number two. It's a kingdom conspiracy. I'm telling you, it's, we've been saying this for years. Not years, but for months. I don't think Marty can leave with the elite because Marty's advertised for uh, the G1. The G1's through New Japan, though. That's not through Ring that's of Honor. What's, what's the one? Supercard. Dude, Supercard. Yeah, Mar I think Marty's the only one still signed. No, Flip is still signed because Flip's got like a two-year deal. I don't count Flip. Flip ain't, Flip ain't the elite. Flip is BTE. I'm talking the elite. <laughs> oh, BTE. Yeah, Poor it's, it's a big difference. If, if you don't believe me, ask Chase Owens and Yujiro Ta Ta Takahashi. Yo, man, Chase is the crown jewel. And Yujiro asking every trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And I appreciate that he's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on because he don't understand. Are we teaming Chase together or not? Um, my, my thoughts to this are, as you said, the only match that I care about very clearly, if you know me, you guys know me, is Flip and Bully Ray. It's going to have wonderful story. It's going to have a wonderful story behind it. It's going to be a wonderful story, I believe, told. Um, and this year from going from Supercard of this past year to now between Bully and Flip has been just slow enough to where this match makes sense in this spot. And Bully Ray is 
regardless of how you feel about him personally or whatever he does, it's one of the best storytellers we have from a heel perspective. My second thought is, Jay Lethal versus Cody has the potential to be a really good main event, but that doesn't scream main event of a major company's world championship match to me. Cody, yes, well, not Jay Lethal anymore. I was going to say, mostly because of Jay now, because Jay has lost pretty much all momentum that he ever had as world champion over the last little bit. But I put that on the company. Like, yeah. My thing with Ring of Honor, when I look back at 2018 personally for Ring of Honor, I think to myself, here's a company in January I would have said has all the momentum in the world and has so much potential to capitalize on all this good publicity with the BTE people and with them doing all in and all that. And they sold out that Madison square garden show. I know it was with new Japan also co-billing, but still they sold that show out all, all this momentum and they're limping to the finish of 2018. Like this is a company whose four biggest stars right now, four of their five biggest stars are definitely leaving in the near future and pretty soon the fifth will also join them on his way out the door um this is a company whose people that they had been building underneath those guys are all in xt or on the wrestle kingdom card because ring of honors people all leave so there's a positive and a negative to the teaming up or the um, changing Ring of Honor and New Japan. The positive is give New Japan a natural outlet to have their stars on American television. It's American television that's established. That's positive, right? All for that. Also, Ring of Honor stars get to get the love and the respect in uh, Japan. Look at what that did for Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole and and, and such. Uh, that team that you hate to hear, but it did well for them too, and things of that nature. The negative of that is, you see the talent disparity so bad. Because if this was co-branded, then we'd all be talking about how much it's worth the watch. But because there's not one strictly New Japan talent on this card, you, you're, you're headlining it with Jay Lethal and Cody and Jeff Cobb and Hangman Page. And those are all four damn good wrestlers and will be two really good matches. But those shows will main event a normal Ring of Honor TV show, not Final Battle. But that's indicative of Ring of Honor's bigger problem. Ring of Honor television is established in the sense that it's been on television for a while and people know of it, and it's a company that Americans are familiar with. Ring of Honor television has no structure. Ring of Honor television does not tell stories of really any kind. And that's on Ring of Honor. That's not on the talents involved. Because I bet if they tried to tell a decent story with Cody and Jay Lethal, you could tell a damn good story there. I agree. Those are two guys that know how to be characters and know how to be interesting characters. I mean, Jay Lethal got an impersonation of a dead person. Well, and, and well he was dead at the time, sure, but you know what I mean. Sure. And the story's right there for them. Cody wants to leave with the belt. I'm not going to let you. I'm the last holdover of Ring of Honor. I'm defending the honor of the company. 
Well, and the poetic and and the poetic ending of Jay Lethal was my first match with this company. Jay Lethal going to be my last match with this company. Yeah, but they've barely mentioned these things. But yeah, we you know we we have a segment for that, so we're not surprised. Um, are you going to watch Friday? I might not watch it live, but I will watch the show before the weekend is over. Can, I might not watch it live, but I will watch it before the weekend. Can we can we move past this bullshit of these Friday pay per views? By the way, for real, like who the fuck does that shit? I don't even know. lame at even lame ass Impact knows better than to do a pay per view on a Friday. Like when you're doing shit worse than Impact, you know you fucking up. You can't get much lower. You can't get much lower than the on the barrel than Impact. But yeah, that's that's lower than that. Although you know one thing they've been doing worse than Impact for years now having a decent time slot because even with all the reshufflings, even with all the time changes, 10 p.m. on a Thursday is still infinitely better than midnight midnight (laughs) on a Saturday in your local market. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know if they're on my local market. I only TV I know they only have is on Fox Fox TV. Station. Only if your Fox Station is a Sinclair network. And it's not here. So the only way I can watch it was on Fight TV. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Impact makes all kinds of fucked up company decisions. And, like, they poorly run. And they stay poorly run, it seems, no matter who the owners are. But uh, at least they got a decent time slot. Hey, Impact is a group of hustlers, bro. And, and I, I, the Cassidy song, I'm a hustler. Yo, man, they right met. Now. They learned from the best finesser in the game. He's a natural born finesser. Yes. Like, they learn from the best in the game. There's a reason they call it the Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year Award. By the way, how did Jeff Jarrett? Why is Jeff Jarrett at the winter meetings for 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 minor league baseball? What does he have to do with baseball? Rance, this is what I'm saying. Rance, this is amazing. Qu- Rance, are you? Rance, are you sitting here questioning how Jeff Jarrett is getting his hustle on with somebody else? Jeff Jarrett could sell water to a whale. I'm I'm not I'm not questioning it. I'm pointing pointing out pointing more out things more that, he, things does that he does that don't make any damn sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, he can sell salt to a slug. Absolutely. Yep. Shit. Um, so it's a natural. I think it's a natural transition from Ring of Honor to New Japan. We're gonna get to TLC here in a minute, but. The World Tag League Finals just passed, and it we finally know the full card for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yes, we do. Wrestle Kingdom's stacked, y'all. Looks it looks like fire. I, I'm I can't <laughs> wait. I haven't figured out if I'm gonna watch it on the network or pay the thirty four ninety nine, and that goes to show you how shitty the network is because I'm willing to pay the thirty five dollars to watch it on my TV. The you know no here I. Here's what I'm going to say. It's not that New Japan World is bad. The problem is New Japan World, much like a lot of aspects of New Japan, the company, is still very much a Japanese first, good luck everybody else Mm -hmm. kind of a layout. And so, like, even the translated versions of shit are just the actual Japanese literally translated into English. And if y'all want to know how ridiculous that is, like put some shit into Google translate and see what kind of ridiculous ass sentences it gives you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You're 100% right. And as, as, as we say all the time here on the edge, we pay for the things we want. I've got, this is, this is, I, since wrestle kingdom nine was it 13. 
the, the past three or four years, I know I've, if I haven't, the first one I bought was the one that Jeff Jarrett hosted on Global Force Wrestling that was on pay-per-view. And then since then, I've subscribed to the network every every uh, December, I, and I, I watch it. I watch it live, and then I'll fall asleep and rewatch when I wake up. I want to support. I'm I'm excited about this. This is their biggest show. So before I mention the card to you, I want to tell you some of the major happenings that happened at World Tag League, and we'll run to that for a quick second. But um, Will Ospreay beat Tai Chi to become the number one contender for the Never Overweight title. And Ibushi, of course, beat Goto for the Never Overweight title. Thank goodness. But we knew oh, this was going to happen. God. And the only reason Goto won is because Osprey got hurt. Yeah, I know, but still, Because Osprey was going to beat Tai Chi the first time. Because, you know, Goto is my New Japan Randy Orton. Just go away. Yes, yes, he is. And I've been descri- he's been described to me as the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan, and I get it. Um... But yes, so we have for for the most unprestigious belt in the company is Yo, Osprey versus Ibushi. Yo, shout out to the homie Jeremy from over at Keeping he It Strong it. Style. When he was over here, he he pointed it out. He called it. The Never title is as prestigious as the man holding it. And if the Never title is going to be Ibushi versus Osprey, that title is a title I now care about for a little while. Yo, that 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 might open the card. That might be the first no, match of the night. No, nah, this is New Japan. They build slow. The first match of the night going to be the six-man gauntlet. That's the pre-show. There's no New Japan Rumble. That's the pre-show match. Oh, well, then the first match of the show will be the tag teams. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the junior tags. That's right. Okay. And speaking of tag teams, this was the World Tag League. Evil and Sonata beat G.O.D., to win the Which World Tag makes League. sense, but doesn't. It makes sense because Los Ingobernables de Japón are universally beloved. They are everybody's favorite stable right now. Yes, absolutely. And um, but the interesting thing about this isn't that Evil Sonata finally got the major tag title shot that they've been looking for all year. It's that no, the interesting thing is the finesse job, the finessing. We were talking about finessing those kings of indie wrestling finesse. Matt and Nick Jackson just gangster walk their asses out to the ring talking about, yo, we ain't got nothing else to do on Wrestle Kingdom night. So guess what, y'all? We in this match too now, bitches. What the fuck is that shit? By the way, you know who they signed their first contract underneath, right? The Bucks' first contract was in TNA. So they learned from the master. <laughs> Generation me. Generation me. Um, back yeah. when they were, back when they literally went by Buck. Yeah. Max and Nick Buck. What the fuck? How is it? So, so those of you listening, hit me up at It's Ray Cash. Please hit us up. Hit, hit us up at Out, Outsiders Edge SS. Let me know. Why is it okay for the Bucks to do this? But if anybody else did this in any other company, there would be pitchforks. Because the short answer, y'all, is it's not. It's not okay. But Rance, but Rance, the Bucks are revolutionizing the business. Shouldn't we put our biggest stars in the biggest matches on the show? They can revolutionize their ass on down to Jacksonville and start that new bullshit they about to start. Man, you bullshitting, but you know they' about to. I'm like you, you said, they learn from they learn from the best of the finesse. 
And if there's one thing they know how to do, it's finesse your asses out of money, y'all. Well, and well. and I'm not gonna say I'm above it because I'm sitting here wearing a Bullet Club T-shirt, so like <laughs> they gonna finesse my ass out of some money. That's real. That's real. So let me let so, me let me read the full card me, for you. Um, and of course the Never Overweight Six Man Tag Team Number One Contender on the match because the the isn't the aren't isn't God and Fale? Still? Yeah, yeah, they're the. It's it no, it's not God and Fale. I think it's God and uh, Ishimori. Okay, but I know it's Bullet Club. But either way, yeah, either way, the Bullet Club has the six man, and every member of the Bullet Club pretty much has a match somewhere else on the card tonight, except for Fale, and I'm sure Fale will be at ringside with God. And I mean, even if Fale don't get a match, we all know how Fale feels about that. Fuck, Fuck him. Um. So uh. Aside from that, that six-man tag team title number one contender gauntlet match at the pre-show, you have uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii. I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying to motherfucker. Uh, Why don't you let me do that? Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. with Takamichi Noku at ringside. Just tap out. Um, Zack Sabre time. But that's for the Rev, that's for the Rev Pro uh, British Heavyweight Title, which is I find it interesting that normally they have the Ring of Honor World Title on their card. They went and said, "Fuck that, we're gonna get Rev Pro." Even New Japan knows that the Ring of Honor brand is dying an Ottoman Empire death. Damn, Ottoman Empire. Yeah, man, Damn. the sad dying old man of Europe. Ooh. Ring of Honor is the sad dying old man of wrestling. <laughs> Um, so we, we spoke about the Bushi versus Osprey for the Never Boy title. Uh, the one match on the card that's not for a title, but which is probably the most anticipated from my perspective, Okada versus Jay White. I can't wait for that match. Um, okay. You gotta say, you gotta say my man who, who tags with Despi. What's his name? Your man who tags with who? El Desperado. Oh, oh, oh. Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado versus yes. Rapunke 3K, Show and Yo, yes. versus Los Ingobernables de Japón, yes. Bushi, and the Dragon, Jingo. Shingo Takagi. I'm going to say Kanemaru. I'm going to get it right, the whole name right, one day. One day, yes. But that's going to be a car crash. Um, of course, G.O.D. versus Evil and Sonata from L.I.J. versus the Bucks for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Titles. Cody versus Juice Robinson for the for the U.S. title. U.S. title. Um, Probably my sleeper pick for match of the night. My man and yours, Rance, the homie Kushida. Yes. Versus Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier. He's the other homie. You know, because we fucks with the, we fucks with the Bullet Club. All death. Oh yeah. To the tongue. All And all Polynesians for that matter. Damn straight. Um, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. That is my sleeper pick for match of the night, y'all. Those two motherfuckers go hard in the paint. I feel I feel like we should have a drinking game every time somebody mentions star ratings because <laughs> Mel's are going to be throwing them hoes out. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like the Drake drift, man. Like, he just throwing yeah. up, yeah. slinging up stars. <laughs> um, the one down part, the one down point of the, of the night is going to be Jericho defending against Naito for the IC title. And for and for Rance to say that anything involving Tetsuya Naito is a downtime, that should tell you how Rance feels about this feud, y'all. Well, let's just put it like this. 
Jericho squashed Naito in, in 17 minutes. At the it was 17 minutes of jump zone. <laughs> I'm just saying. And it was actually 27 minutes if you count the part before the bell started. 10 minutes before of actual jump zone. <laughs> like, when we say that Jericho took the homie to the jump zone, like, Naito spent 30 minutes in the jump zone, y'all. Naito didn't, he didn't take his suit off until like five minutes before the match was over. He didn't take his suit off. That shit got ripped off his ass. You're right. It sure did. So, yeah, I'm not excited about the rematch. And Naito better win. If Naito doesn't win, y'all, Rand's going to come on this show flipping tables and shit. Nah, fuck that. I'm flying to goddamn Osaka. And we got some conversations to have. I'm flying to Tokyo. Um, uh, and I got to give shout out, shout out to the homie to the homie Jeremy. I got to give him credit. I did not give a fuck about this match, and I slightly still don't. But the little I care about this match is because of Jeremy and his buildup. Kenny Omega, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, the Ace. Shout out to Jeremy because he has built that match up to me in a way that I can accept it. Because I know it's gonna be expertly wrestled. But I needed to know. Yeah, be I, needed right. to, I needed a reason to care, and I have one now. So yeah, it'll be I. Right. It'll be I. Right. So are we saying that our world title matches are Kushida Ishimori and Ibushi Osprey? That's our world title match. As if there there was any doubt. <laughs> the only match, the only other match in our top three has got to be Ishii and Saber. So my question to you is: We know quite often Wrestle Kingdom is a card that's usually always based on work rate and you know in-ring prowess what do you think is going to be the worst card on the worst match on the card the worst match on the card yes the six man t- don't count apparently all right no well then the worst the worst match from a work rate standpoint is going to be jericho naito um mm-hmm. but i tend to agree. behind jericho naito I'm going to say, you know, no disrespect to the two involved, but behind Jericho and Naito, I'm going to say the weakest match on the card going to be Cody and Juice. You took it out of my mouth, dog. You took it out of my mouth. No disrespect to Cody and Juice at all. But, like, they can't compete with Ibushi Osprey. They can't compete with Ishii Sabre. And here's the thing about them. Their styles aren't... They're, I'm not. I'm not. You gonna, can tell, like, like, yeah. like you can tell that they're both traditional WWE style yes. guys, I don't and that style is not gonna get over right. as well. I don't want to be disrespectful and say that they're not that they're not athletic because they're ultra athletic, but they don't wrestle that quick, fast. No, this will not be a strong style. No, match. it will not. It'll it'll be a little story, and and the sad part is. Have we booked this match and built this match after he won the title from him in San Francisco? It would be hot because it was hot back then. Yo, well, and you know what else I'll say? You know what else I'll say? Cody versus Juice is the type of feud I'd like to see in an American company. Sure. Sure. Because they're both American style wrestlers with American style characters. And in an American company, I would be much more interested in the feud that they put together. Yes. The only, the only, the only thing, the only thing that gives this better, uh, that's better about this in, in the Japanese setting is, the Japanese fans feel about Juice away that American fans never would have. I'm True. Not saying that, I'm never saying that. I'm never saying. I'm not saying they wouldn't be behind Juice, but they Although, love Juice. 
Although I'll say this, I'll say this. You know, speaking of, we talked about Dalton Castle earlier tonight. I could watch Dalton Castle and Juice Robinson enter the ring together with Juice <laughs> lying on top of the throne with the fist in the air like he's fucking Black Power Man Juice. Well, that's going to be I, that's the tag team for World Tag League next year. Shit. Give me that entrance all day, any day, every day. Why Castle um, hasn't been sent over to do a tour with them anyway, I don't understand. He was World Champion for like a year. He'd okay. been hurt. Okay. He'd been hurt. Fair enough. No, but Here's what's gonna here's here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this right now. Some people may disagree with me, but I'm gonna say this right now. Okada versus Jay White is gonna be a better match than Omega versus Tanahashi because Okada is the ace. Like Tanahashi's the ace of New Japan, but like Okada is probably the best wrestler on the planet. I'm not gonna agree with you. Okada I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you, I'm sorry. I I think I'm with you. And my love for Jay White has been I've been I've been on Jay White's Jay White's been the best storyteller in New Japan all year. He's been the best storyteller in that entire company. But I've been on Jay White since he debuted when he came back against uh Kenny. And he came back when he first re debuted against You mean when he came back against against Tanahashi? Tanahashi? Yeah. I've been on it because I love the gimmick and I love I love that he's truly embraced it and it's different. And he had to find himself a bit. He's found himself and what he's done to chaos, and oh my God, it's gonna be so, it's gonna be such a great st- story told. And tell me this: Have we ever had a, a Gaijin debut with two better matches than Jay White has? What's been inter- well, you know, what's been interesting to me with that is like people were shitting on Jay White real hard all year. At, at especially no, but I mean like there was a turn over the summer. As this storyline developed more and people got more on sure. board with it, footing. and people have st- yes, and people have started to like finally really get on board with it. But like people were real down on Switchblade mm-hmm. after the first two matches because they were expecting it to be just like instant classic level, and it's like, nah, dude, like he just got back from Excursion and he's just yeah. figuring this new character out. There's gonna be some growing pain. Well, I'm put. I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't switched. I'm glad that he had Tanahashi first and Okada now, because I'd much rather see him have a better match with Okada than Tanahashi, because those two are about the same age, and they can really. They're going to tear down the Tokyo Dome. I know they are. Oh, it's gonna be great. No, it's gonna be great. I just wanted to point out that I am very, very adamant that that's gonna be a better match than Omega Tanahashi. And that's not as much a diss on Tanahashi as much as that's me low-key dissing Omega a little bit. So, can I ask you a question before we move on to TLC? Yeah. Yeah. Has Omega lost a lot of his goodwill with the audience? Not with the audience. With me, maybe, but not with the audience. Uh, the only goodwill he's lost with the audience oh, the is probably... Stuff, yeah. Well, that, but I'm talking, like, I think the only real, like, goodwill, goodwill he's lost with the audience is um, not being on a lot of these tours. Like, Josh and Jeremy were talking about recently on Keeping It Strong Style, it's not okay that he's the world champ and he just skips a lot of these tours. Well, that's the elite way, apparently. Like, you know, you're right, but, like, they were talking about, you know, say what you will about Okada and his reign that never fucking ended. Oh, God. And went on and on and on and on and on. 
But at least Okada was on every tour and he was in pretty much every show and he did a lot of shit that like Kenny's not doing. That's what Okada was in tag league every year. You knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah. But Okada was in tag league every fucking year. Okada was in tag league if even if it meant he was teaming with fucking Ghetto. Yeah. He was in tag league. Oftentimes Ghetto was a tag team partner. Yeah. And Kenny, the thing that makes it double worse with Kenny is. It, before he became champ, he was on a lot of that shit. Like, yeah. he did tag league with Chase the one year. Mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, he's champion, and it's like, nah, he's not going on these tours anymore. Yeah, it looks bad. He's not doing that. It looks bad, and, and and it's coinciding with all the guys kind of disappearing. When's the last time Paige has really done anything on New Japan? Um, He was in... No, he was in World Tag League, him and Yujiro. Were they together? Yes. Okay. Paige and Yujiro were in World Tag League. Okay. Paige has done. Paige has done more with the company than any of the other ones have. Yeah. Over I, the last Marty hasn't been there in months. Uh, it's it's just interesting to note that all these guys kind well, of. Some of it was just a confluence of like. Timing. Yes, because they all did the Jericho cruise. Sure. Um, so that took them all out of the Junior Tag League. And we get that. that was at the same time. That makes sense. Um, I, don't, I, don't, then, I don't doubt the, the junior tag. They don't have juniors anyway. Yeah. So, like, but, yeah, so that took them out of that. And then there was, like, just some of the Ring of Honor dates and the way that Ring of Honor and New Japan don't always sync up and blah, blah, blah. So, like, there was reason for why a lot of the elite guys haven't been with New Japan lately. But you're right. They all are pretty much, like, Absentee. Yeah. And uh, and and the funny thing about Kenny is, and this is ignorant speaking, so if I'm wrong, I apologize. But he don't wrestle nowhere else. Very rarely does he wrestle. Not, yeah, not often. He's the only one of the five, of the six signed specifically to New Japan. Yeah. Well, and he's the only one of the six who like doesn't consistently wrestle for everyone. Like yeah, he lives in America. He lives in Japan. That's his home. Yeah, like Cody, Page, the Bucks, Marty. You could conceivably tell me that they were at literally any show for literally any company, and I'd say, yeah, I'd buy that. I I, I could see where they would be there that weekend. Yeah, they didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> can you <laughs> can you see Kenny and Coda? laying down in their beds with nothing but the, their belts on, just toasting each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're so happy that their champs are not together. Yeah, that makes total sense. They never won a world tag title. They never won the tag titles, but they they both world champs. Yep, they're both champions. That's all that matters, and it's adorable. Um, and they're both probably no, going mean, to lose. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. No, Kenny's not losing to Tanahashi. Kenny's leaving. Not at this phase in his career. If he's leaving. Yeah, but he, you forget, man, New Year's Dash. New Year's Dash. Yeah, but they do all kinds of shit. You are, at, but, he, but they're not going to be a title shot, title match at New Year's Dash. So, okay, yo, man, let, me give, let me give my prediction now. Can I give my prediction now? Uh, yeah, it's your show. It's not my show. It's our show. It's you our show, but I know that's, but you know what the fuck I mean, Rand. I do, but I needed to correct that. 
Yeah, it's our show, okay. but you. This it, is which means it's partly your show, which means you have the right to give your prediction whenever the fuck you want. Thank you, sir. Because if I need to change the, the the opening of the show to The Outsider's Edge with Rance Morris featuring, then I can do that. But it's your show. <laughs> um, I think Jay beats Okada. I think Tanahashi beats Omega. I think Jay jumps Tanahashi at New Year's Dash, calls him out, and at the next show, Jay becomes world champ. Because Tana, okay. Tanahashi's not going... I, Tanahashi's not going to be a champion long if he beats Omega. That's just... He's, he's going to be transitional. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Uh, that's, an, that's a bold prediction just because, like, New Japan doesn't usually do... For the world title, they don't usually do, like, those kinds of super short reigns. Mm-hmm. So I would be a little bit surprised. But, I mean, Kenny's probably leaving, so, like... You, you gotta, gotta do what you gotta them. do. Yeah. Um. So I can hear the collective IWC groaning right now as we have to tap the shift to WWE. <laughs> I mean, you know, just pretend you're watching Kenny in a match, and this is the 15th V trigger. Fair enough. By the way, can can I really be controversial? Sure. Mandy Rose got a better V trigger than Kenny Omega. I'm sorry. Can I say? Can I tell you why you're wrong? Because she sucks. I was well. I was gonna say Mandy Rose doesn't have a better anything than anyone, because Mandy Rose is awful. I like her for reasons I'm sure that you don't. <laughs> I mean that's okay because we were discussing before we started recording that I like Roderick Strong for reasons you don't. This is fair. This is fair. And I mean, if you need me to, if you need me to distract Marina for a while, I could do that. You go ahead and distract Marina. She doesn't need to know what me and Roddy are doing. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so this is pay-per-view heavy weekend, y'all, because TLC is this weekend. And fuck what you heard. Forget how you feel about things. The card is stacked. There are some awesome matchups. There are some awesome possibilities that can come out of this show. Um, some of you might feel that the build has been lackluster. I will keep my thoughts to myself on that because... I am the positive one on the show, and I am the one who believes that largely things have been fairly good. Um, my cohort, my cohort, if that's how you say the word correctly, disagrees with that. Um, so all we- I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if the triple threat TLC for the women's title is not the main event, I call shenanigans on the whole show. I will accept Corbin and Braun the last match if something major happens out of it. Because the last match is normally the match that's supposed to set the scene for the next night. So there's a major happening, like if 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 Braun comes out of something, if they just do something crazy that's going to be the hook for the next month, I can accept that. But other than those, other than that one parameter, yes, the women need to close. Question, question, yeah. is Braun cleared for this match? Because, like, yeah. I've heard that there's a lot of question about whether or not he's going to be good to go. I'm not going to answer that question until we get there. Let's get there first. I mean, this is our show. We don't have to go in any particular order. We could get there right now. Well, you just want the answer that bad. Okay. No, I don't think he's. I don't. I don't. I do not think he's cleared. But stranger things have happened. Um. But what I believe is, I feel like they're gonna surprise us and have Corbin go to to have his hand raised by Heath. The lights are gonna go out, and then Bray's gonna be there, and then. 
that's going to be Bray's going to stand up for Braun until he comes back. Okay. That's what I think. Um, but, uh, so I guess we can go ahead and break that down now since we spoke, spoke about it. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in a TLC match. If Corbin wins, he's permanent raw general manager. If Braun wins, Corbin ain't general manager no more. And he gets Brock Lesnar for the universal title at Royal Rumble. I have lost any faith in them ever pulling the trigger on Braun, so I'm going to say Corbin wins, becomes the new full-time general manager of Monday Night Raw, and my interest in Raw will continue to wane with each passing week. I feel Corbin will probably end the show and start Monday as general manager, but I don't think he wins that match. I think... And it might not even be a match. Uh, if if my Bray scenario happens, he might just show up, Sister Abigail him, pose, uh, pose, and then cameras off. I don't know, but I just feel like too many storylines with him as the as the general manager are still going on. The Heath Slater story, he gotta make Seth's life live in hell for the next month or so, couple months. He's still um, he's still sponsoring, if you will, Drew Mack and. And uh, Bobby Lashley, there's a lot going on with. And him. can I say, and can I say that all of that that you just mentioned is a big part of the reason why both Corbin and Raw are losing my interest. I don't like it when one person is that much of a focal point of that much of the show. To be fair, Raw didn't have interest to begin with, but even before that, you're right, it didn't. But to be fair. This isn't helping. I can I can respect that coming from you because I know how consistent you are with your takes. So I can respect like, that coming from you. Like, I didn't care for Constable Corbin as a gimmick in the first place. Right. Constable Corbin has, in, has become an increased presence on the show to the point that his tentacles touch literally everything if you think about the fact that he made Alexa Bliss. Yep head of the women's division and so literally everything involving her and Bailey and Sasha and the feud that never starts or ends mm-hmm. um, a thing and he's involved with fucking Elias and Bobby Lashley and fucking Drew McIntyre and Ziggler so don't and care about yeah. and Ziggler and Finn and like all this other shit that he's got going on, and in a three-hour show, an hour and a half of it involves Baron Corbin, who I wasn't high on to begin with, and so I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. So, I, while I disagree, I get where you're coming from, but I also would like to, to retort by saying that this is, this story is a story based on necessity. Because, as I've said numerous times, if you, with your top, with five of your top seven or eight male roster members gone, Roman's out because of what he's out for. Braun is out forever. How long he is with the trick elbow? Kevin and Sammy might not be back till after WrestleMania, and Braun somewhere on a farm. Brock, I mean, is somewhere on a farm. With those major story pillars gone, and them very audibly and clearly trying to slow burn the shit out of Seth and Dean. This is what happens that you have to have some focal point of the show. 
It can't be Braun. It can't be Braun. It can't be Roman. It can't be Kevin. It can't be Sammy. And right now, they're not letting it be Seth and Dean because, again, they're trying to draw us out as long as they can because they know that's the one money match they got. So it has to be somebody. So we're going to go with the with the trope that was always worked for us, the uh, the evil authority figure with a guy who's a hateable guy already in Corbin. And yes, I under I can understand while I enjoy it, I can understand why it's not resonating with everybody. But the point is for it not to resonate with you. Yo, man. Um, I'm gonna say something to you that you said to me earlier tonight. Yes, sir. That can be true. That don't mean I have to like it. Amen to that. I'm with it. <laughs> like I respect again. All those things can be true. That still don't mean I have to like it. All of my vitriol that I spit towards fans a lot, I don't spit towards you. And I don't, not just because you're my brother and I love you, but because you are the most consistent person in your in your feelings that I've ever met. You legitimately, if you don't, we're about to, we're about to, I'm about to, about to break down Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre. You don't give a fuck about Drew McIntyre. You're not going to watch anything involving Drew McIntyre. And that's not conjecture. You really don't. So you're not going to complain about something you don't watch. And I respect that i hate it but i respect it because you're so honest about it open about it and consistent with it so i can't say nothing to you oh i'm gonna pick um i'm gonna pick drew in that match however because yeah you'd be a fool if you did <laughs> because let's be real finn balor there to catch that ass whooping that's his job yes but i will say and this is this is this is assuming finn is going to be there because we all know he has a there's an illness and situation involved but this match, while set for Drew to win and, you know, continue his ascent, is also built or was be- being built for Finn to reestablish himself as a top or top tier face. He's going to lose. He's going to catch that ass whooping, as you said. But this is this is one of those matches that this is one of those matches that reminds you how good he can be because he's I'm almost positive. He's gonna take Drew to his limit, and Drew's never been taken to his limit since he's been back. Will Dolph Ziggler get involved in this match? Not to, no, I don't think that night. No. I, I mean, cause I'm just saying, Finn no, did actually, rescue him. No, because Finn did rescue when him. But you didn't watch Monday. I didn't. You're right. So, so Dolph, so Dolph is gonna be out for a couple of weeks because he got claymored into the LED board. Oh, and unlike Ronda Rousey, he does sell injuries. We'll get there. God, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Another guy you hate. We have a chairs match featuring Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio. And this is where we have the famous quote by Kyle. Go away, Randy Orton. Just go away. Uh, Ricky shouted and you out. And take Ray with you. <laughs> I will say this. Chairs matches are usually the most brutal of the matches on TLC night. And always unexpectedly good. Exactly. Like, unexpectedly good. And I think maybe it's because you go into a chairs match in the modern WWE with such low expectations Mm -hmm. that, like, they throw something at you and you're just like, oh, all right. Yes. And and with the ingenuity and and the inspiration these two guys have, as characters and as people, I think this would be a really good match. But um, who do you think is going to win? What you got? Oh, Randy's going to RKO the shit out of Ray and win this match because he's the legend killer again because his career's come full circle. 
He's a legend. Yeah, I, I, I love that little trope about it. Yes, I feel like Randy's going to win as well. But I think it's going to be a really surprisingly good match. Um, oh, also, uh, yeah. also, because of the need for bodies, um, I think Randy is going to join AJ, Naomi, and Usos on a trip over to Monday nights in the not-too-distant future. That might be the case. That might be- He's been on SmackDown for a minute. Well, he's been on SmackDown for a minute, and, like, Raw desperately need people. Desperately. And SmackDown, as a shorter show, and as a show that's had more narrative consistency in the recent several months, Mm -hmm. is better equipped to absorb the losses of some of their higher card people. Absolutely. And still be okay. I will say though that especially one, if Mustafa Ali gonna be a more consistent presence because like homie can stay. He's not. Y'all, y'all can stop with that front stuff. That's not. That was one off. And the only reason that happened. Man, why you gotta crush dreams? Hey, we spit facts on the show. You want me to lie? To me, because I'm your friend. <laughs> I didn't know that's how that worked. I will. I will reassess from after the show is over. <laughs> In the meantime. They needed someone for Daniel Bryan to bully, and Daniel Bryan is five foot nine, 185 pounds. So how was he gonna bully anybody else but himself, Ali? Who's realistically the same fucking size as him? Daniel Bryan don't look bigger than nobody. You know who you give Daniel Bryan if you want him to bully? The same person you give Finn Balor if you want him to bully. You give him Bobby Lashley's bitch. Leo Rush. <laughs> Speaking of Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, journalism, he has a ladder match. With Elias, but not just any old ladder match. This ladder match will have a guitar hanging from the top of the ring. Because the ring. Vince Russo works for WWE again. No, you're wrong. Because there's no pole. It's just hanging from the ceiling. You're wrong. Okay. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That makes it so much better. But it does have the pole rules in that if you grab the guitar, the match ain't over. You can use it yeah. in the match. <laughs> So we just subbed a pole for the fucking hook. <laughs> exactly. Because the pole's the pole's ridiculous. But hanging it from the top of the ceiling? That's doable. That's wrestling. <laughs> only because only because if we hang it from the ceiling, they have to get ladders. Whereas if we don't hang it if we hang it from the pole, they just stand at the turnbuckle the whole match. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, exactly. It, All look, this Logic. All this just so Elias can Jeff Jarrett Bobby Lashley. Oh, I disagree, my brother. I feel like Elias is gonna get the gonna get the guitar, but Leo Rush is gonna do some fuck shit, and Bobby Lashley is gonna hit him with gonna hit Elias with the guitar. You are a better authority than me because we know I don't watch rock. <laughs> well, that one doesn't mean shit. That's just that's literally just the thought process. I don't know. Um, but you know what? You know what? <laughs> what does it tell you that the Raw Tag Champs can't even make the card for this pay per view? Do you know who the Raw Tag Champs are? Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. So somebody reads Chad the results. Gable, and I also know that Chad Gable now has matching tights to Bobby Roode for some reason. And a spinner spinny thing at the beginning. They are really a tag team now. Yes. Yeah, like, that's a real thing. I mean, whatever. Like, I like Chad Gable, so... And I like Bobby Roode. I, I, I don't know how I feel about the whole thing, but, like, 
I didn't know you could get pissed on and then go on to be the champ. Like, within a month, you didn't have to rehab nothing. But, like, I... There's a lot of jokes there that I could make. I'm going to keep it to myself. Yo, man, he golden showered his way to gold. So did Kenny, so did Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega golden loved his way to gold. But they finished a move called the golden shower. No, it's not. It's called the golden trigger. The original finish is called the golden shower. Shh. My bad. I forgot. I'm supposed to lie. I'm supposed to lie. Yeah, my bad. No, no, that one you didn't have to lie. That one we just painfully omit the obvious fact. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, that's DDT. That's not that's not New Japan's DDT. Doesn't count. <laughs> Can I talk about a match I'm really hyped for? Oh uh, yeah, let's finally talk about a match that someone's hyped for. Well, I'm I'm hyped for all these matches, but out of respect for you, I downplayed them. But I'm really well, hyped. As hyped as you want. Yeah, look, look, I'm hyped for the whole card. There's one match in the card I don't give a fuck about, and we'll talk about that next. Is it Natalia versus Ruby Riot? No, that's the match I'm hyped for. Oh, I see. Okay, and right, I'm hyped for right. an, I'm hyped for a Natty match. That's a big deal. Yo, I hope they gimmick the tables this time because, like, too small, I yeah. know Natty can go through a table, but Ruby is real small. That, and and can I can I correct? I saw uh, people were talking about the video. Wasn't that Liv going tra- that couldn't go through it and not Ruby? Probably, but I mean, if Ruby's small, Liv is like yeah, practically little person. Liv was the size. Liv is the size of water bottle on my desk. Um, I was gonna say like your daughter's only ten. Your oldest daughter's only ten, and she'll be bigger than Liv in a couple years. She probably is now. McKinley's five foot tall, eighty something pounds. Yeah, and she's probably bigger than Liv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guarantee you this. They wear they wear the same shoe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even the same style because you know Liv like that shit. Oh yeah, Liv McKinley both jaywalkers. Yep. Trust me, my bank account knows very well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hyped for this match because Ruby has sold. Ruby is dastardly as fuck. Can I give this match a compliment, even though I don't watch Raw? Please. What has been my number one complaint about the women's division in WWE? That. They're only doing one segment, at one feud at a time. They, they cannot consistently book a feud outside of the championship about anything. Yes. This feud has a coherent beginning. It all stems from when Ruby stepped on her dad's glasses. Yep. Um, her dad who passed away recently, and everybody knows that. That's why people like Natty again, because she had been heel for before that. And then, like, you know, everybody loved Anvil. So, like, makes total sense. It had a complete beginning. It gets consistent time. They've consistently pushed it, even when I didn't really understand the point. And so I am going to give them credit for having a women's feud with a legitimate payoff match on the main card of the pay-per-view that has nothing to do with the belt. And to be fair, while you might not like every feud... At least every woman on the card, every woman and every woman that is that is signed to the Raw roster right now, is in a feud. That's 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 big. So, um, but yeah, uh, you didn't watch Monday, but uh, they Ruby brought out a table with the Anvil's uh image on it and said that she, when she puts her, when she puts Nettie through that table, her and Anvil would be closer than ever. 
Damn, savage. After and that's after that, he came out and started crying to the crowd, talking about how she's gonna get revenge for her daddy and her family and bullshit Natty stuff. But yeah, but you know what? I will say this: as much as I cannot stand Natty, for five seconds I felt bad for her. That's how good Ruby is. Like that's savage as fuck. Ruby savage, and she and she and the deliver, delivery was awesome. You got to hear the way she said the stuff. Closer than have it was really good. You gotta you gotta pay attention to it. Uh, but yeah, Ruby getting ass put to that table. Facts. Yeah, yeah. She 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 got to take the L for that one. Yeah, she she got to take the L for that. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Um. So in the match that I probably I'm probably guessing will be the mix the uh the pre-show match. We have the mixed match challenge finals, and. This yes, it's on the pay per view. I don't know. Here's why it might not be the pre-show match. The prize actually matters this year. It does. But the winner in a mixed match challenge, the winning member from both teams, gets the number thirty spot in the Royal Rumble and a vacation. A so vacation. like, but we're talking Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox versus R Truth and Carmella. Yo, yo, two of the four people involved in those in that match are over. And one of them's Alicia Fox also. So three of the four people in that match matter. I'm gonna need and then to, there's Jinder Mahal. I'm going to need you to bring your Jinder Mahal slander down about ten notches. He is the least relevant thing about a match involving R-Truth. To be fair, to be fair, Foxy's... Everybody Foxy's, loves Truth. Yeah, of course. Truth and Carmella. Truth and Carmella are great. Foxy's pretty... I think she's a little less relevant than Jinder. She's just crazy, no. and she's fine. And she's consistently been featured for a decade. I wouldn't say the whole decade, but okay, we'll work with that. What you got? Oh, I got the fabulous truth. They better win, because can you imagine Foxy and, and Gender being number 30 in the Rumble in Phoenix? I can. It makes sense. <laughs> oh, Everything no. about that makes sense. Because it gives Gender... It, it's the type of important number that they would give to a gender that most of the fan base doesn't take seriously, but that is a former WWE champion, so they have to book seriously. That's a good point. I didn't even think about it from that perspective. I just want to see vignettes of Truth and Carmelo on vacation. That's just going to be a Well, I want to see that, but I also just want to see Truth hop his happy ass down number 30 near the end <laughs> of the Rumble match in certain his shenaniganry. Uh, <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Coming in with coming in with like ten people left in the match and just like yo y'all dance break <laughs> and toss his ass out as fast yep. as, as fast as Ziggler got tossed out this year. Facts. <laughs> All right, now we get into the to the title matches, yo. So, um, yo man, I was more hyped for that fabulous truth match than I am for the two hundred five match, but that's just because Cedric Alexander's in the two hundred five match. This is fair, but. To Clive's point that he said on the Ricky and Clive wrestling show on Social Suplex, check him out. Cedric's been a little entertaining recently because he's not just... Him without the championships has helped him because now he can actually start telling stories again. He doesn't have to be just, I fight for good in the title. You shouldn't get the title before you're a complete character because it stunts your growth as a character. I can agree with that. I think there are there are exceptions for if the if the title is a part is a is a prop for the story, but yeah, largely you're right. 
Like, it works for Buddy Murphy because he was a complete character first. Yeah. Like, there's no ambiguity as to who he is or why we should care. He was a complete character, and the belt is just now something he has. That's why I marked so hard for so long for wanting Drew Gulak to be the 205 champ because Gulak is... And he is, even with all of the stuff they've done with 205, Drew Gulak is still the most complete character on that show. I don't know, man. Ali might have passed him. I, I just... No. I, I, I marked Gulak's for Drew. Gulak is the man. I'm not, I'm not saying he isn't, but... Ali's so hot that they gave him they gave him a feature match against the world champion. Oh, I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about like where he stands on the card. I'm just talking about as a complete character with clear, coherent character motivations and history and tendencies. I, I, I think Ali is a true testament to the idea of losing makes you better. Because so many fans get upset when their favorite... And I don't know. We should be talking about Murphy and Alexander. We'll talk about them. Um, so many fans get upset when their I favorite... I got Buddy loses. Murphy. That's my only comment on that match. Me too. Murphy, yeah. Because Murphy and Nice is about to happen. Um, but so many fans get upset that their favorite loses so often. But in certain situations, losing builds you up in a story standpoint. And with Ali's story, Ali consistently lost the big match at the big match at the big match and had to rebuild himself up almost akin to Sami Zayn in NXT and it's only helped his character if he was winning every match we wouldn't feel the same way we feel about the dude he's because we have the illusion of him having to quote unquote earn it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah so you're just like okay whatever <laughs> all right uh, we'll try to burn through the rest of these so we can kind of get out of here. Um, SmackDown tag team title. We got triple threat between the Bar, the Usos, and the New Day. Uh, I loved the rap battle segment from SmackDown this week. Ice, ice, shamey. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, God. Everything about it was a hit for me. <sighs> yeah, those, those two are some, they're some fools. Uh, no, I mean, I, these, these are like, you know, I talk about it's not a fair comparison of the Raw and SmackDown tag team divisions, and this is why. These three tag teams are, like, fire. And yeah. it's not fair to have to compare them to other tag teams. But to be fair, these are three of maybe the five best tag teams in the world. No, you're right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's not a fair comparison to compare the Raw tag team division to it's the SmackDown not. one. Yeah. Because the SmackDown tag team division has these three as its anchors, and even the uh, the undercard tag teams are still established acts. Yeah. Whereas, as we've talked about, Raw doesn't have a lot of established, legitimate teams. They've got teams. They're just more or less all jobbers. Yeah, pretty much. Or being or being beaten in Lucha House Party rules. Man, fuck the Lucha Booties and fuck everything they've done to the Revival. I'm so... Like, where y'all been all these years? I've been telling y'all about this for years. The Lucha Booties what? are evil and must be destroyed. Yeah, but Rance, nobody watches 205, so, like, now they're yeah. fucking up shit on Raw. 
is real. It's relevant yeah, now. It's relevant like now. Before nobody gave a fuck because they were on two oh five. Nobody watches two oh five. <sighs> now they're fucking with my precious revival. <laughs> That's funny, man. They turn in my revival into geeks. Who you got who you got winning the titles? For the tag titles? I mean The Bar of the Champs. The bar are the champs. They are. But, like, they haven't been given the Usos momentum out of nowhere for no reason. I kind of agree with that. So, I'm going to have to pick Jimmy and Jay and say that we better get used to going back to the Uso penitentiary. And I will never be sad about going to the Uso penitentiary. We never should have left. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the one penitentiary that I will happily go see. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I'm with you on the Usos too. They really have rebuilt them. If you remember, well, it's not even rebuilt. Like this is why what we're talking about, like with established tag teams. Yeah, you didn't have Reheat to rebuild them. the Reheat exactly. Yeah. The Usos lost the belts and they faded slowly into the background. Then when it came time that we needed to use them again, it was just oh. Throw them out there in two matches, have them get good victories, and then they can challenge for the titles because they're probably the best tag team of the decade other than the New Day. And remember, they beat AJ and Brian in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Jimmy and Jay, like, are fucking great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with personified. You. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, interesting match here. I really want to kind of get your idea your idea about it. Uh, Rollins and Ambrose for the IC title. What do you think? Um, I still don't really know what to make of the feud. I'm going to, in the short term, pick Seth to keep the belt, but not necessarily win the match. Okay. I am going to pick Ambrose to win the belt and the match because of shenaniganery from one of Corbin's cronies. There's no way Seth Rollins can do what he did on Monday. Come out, talk shit about Corbin, say Corbin is the reason the ratings are down and the the show is bad. Challenge him to a match, a TLC match. Then he beats him in the TLC match after Corbin pulls all the shenaniganery he can to win. And then Corbin just lets that go. There's no way. Well, um, for what you're talking about to happen the way I think that it would have to happen, this match has to happen before Corbin's match. I told you I think Corbin's match ends the show if what I think is going to happen happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I Like I said, I, I think Seth will keep the belt but not necessarily win the match. I mean, that might be the case. Um, I do, I, I do want to see the, if that'll, that, that match will tell me a lot about what's going to happen for the rumble, because if Rollins is really going to face Lesnar, then Rollins needs to win the rumble. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to do this. I see champ. So if Ambrose wins this match and becomes <sighs> champ, that's going to tell me that maybe those rumors are true. That's going to disappoint me, but it's got nothing to do with Seth versus Brock. That's going to disappoint me because I really wanted the Miz to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> you sound so sad. Because I really, really want 
Miz to win the Royal Rumble, and I really want the Miz to get a title shot at WrestleMania, and I really, really, really want the Miz to beat Daniel Bryan clean in the ring to win the WWE title. Well, because I stand hard for the Miz, and I'm real Luke fucking warm on Daniel Bryan. Well, you got to uh, you got to get Miz away from from Shane McMahon first. Man, motherfucker, I done told your ass that from the beginning. From <laughs> the beginning. What did I say? I said, do not put The Miz with Shane McMahon. Do not turn The Miz into this comedy character. Do not ruin The Miz. <laughs> what do they do? They go and turn The Miz into some bullshit. <laughs> Losing to no-name jobbers. Mm. Well, they beat the Vegas boys. No, Shane beat the Vegas boys because you got because you tried to tell me that cocaine Shane with his 50 year old ass is somehow a more badass motherfucker than some young buck in the peak of their physical prime. Okay, if it's on TV, it must be true, right? Mm -hmm. But remember, that don't count because that match didn't actually happen. Oh, okay. Okay, got you, got you. Because it wasn't an actual match because according to Paige, it didn't count. And then she so, yelled at Miz. So we're listening to Paige now again. Apparently. I get confused. Like, no, but like, that's another part of it that don't make no fucking sense. Okay, so you mean to tell me that you're going to say that the match that your boss was just in and just won wasn't real? I right, then. Yeah, so see, those of you listening who swear SmackDown is that you there it has no flaws. They're hurting the Miz, y'all, and I do not stand for this. Mike Mazan will Mike Mazan will he will move past this as he moves past everything else. Um, let's 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 get to Ronda Rousey and Nia Jackson, then we can talk about our main events, shall we? All right, I pick Ronda to win. So face breaker ain't gonna break a face. Nope. Ronda win by by tap out or does by pinfall or she win by disqualification. Oh, Ronda gonna whoop her ass. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. I I I I really I look I'm looking at it the other way. I'm looking like I think Nia's gonna dominate the match for ten minutes and then Ronda's gonna sneak out. And tap her ass. I don't think Ronda's gonna beat her, beat her down, because Ronda can get her heat back when she defends the Rumble. I mean, this is the second time they faced off, so like. And the first time, Nia beat her ass. Yeah, I still stand by it. Ronda gonna fuck her up. Ronda's gonna win. Ronda's definitely gonna win, and I think Ember's gonna come to the ringside with her. Oh, she might even things up because, you know, Nia going to have Tamina. Yeah. Well, out of respect and reverence for you, sir, I'm going to talk about the SmackDown Women's title last. So let's talk oh, we about should because that's the real main event because the WWE title is still a mid-card belt. It seems so. If you watch the shows, it is. Uh, so we have the new Daniel Bryan uh, versus AJ Styles. Which, by the way, y'all, the only thing I don't like about the new Daniel Bryan, and I get, like, 
what they're going for with it. But the only thing I don't like about the new Dan and Brian is I'm really uncomfortable with this insinuation that it's not cool to care about the climate. I, I, I really am uncomfortable with that being a heel thing. But I get what they're doing. I get it. Yeah. We had this conversation before we went on the air. Um, and, you know, I, I, I cited the, the preachy characters to him. And it's not so much what he's saying. It's how he's saying it and preaching to the crowd that he's better than them because of this and that. And, I mean, I get where, I get where Kyle's coming from. Kyle understands where I'm coming from. And he's right. Important things shouldn't be looked at as heel tactics, but Brian's killing it as far as I'm concerned. Oh, he's doing the character well, absolutely. And, you know, it's a believable character because we know that Brian's a total hippie. But, like, still, that particular thing just makes me real uncomfortable knowing what we all know about the world around us and how climate change is a bitch. You say what we all know, but there's a big portion of the population that don't believe it. Yo, man, so. they can miss me with that bullshit. <laughs> All right, ninety-seven percent of scientists aren't wrong. Hey, we're not the polit- we're not the the we're not the outsiders edge political show, but facts are facts. Yeah, um, they are. I yeah, want to start yelling. You, what you need to do in class when you're at, when you're at work is just start when when the kids are acting up, just start yelling fickle at them. Fickle. Cause I'm gonna start doing that shit. Rance. I teach 11th grade high school students that are, like, reading on a 7th grade level. Do you oh think any of them God. little motherfuckers know what fickle means? That's even better, because they they're going to think you're cussing them out. That's even better. Oh, dude, I, we were reading something today, and it had the word acquiescence in it. And you <laughs> thought, you'd have thought that, like, I just called their mama some shit. Acquiescence. I'm an acquiescence. I mean, I got mama. a girl. I got a girl. <laughs> Whose family is from Brooklyn that don't think Long Island's part of New York City? Oh, hey. Oh, man. That's what I'm working with, bruh. And I'm supposed to teach them 400 years of history. Oh, oh. man. All right. All right. Well, well. But I got the new Daniel Bryan, obviously, in this match because AJ needs to stay away from the title for a little while. And they've been pushing this new Daniel Bryan real hard. AJ was. AJ- Actually, my Actually, uh, choice to win the Rumble. Oh, and to move to Raw and face Brock Lesnar? That's, that's exactly, yes, sir. That would be a way to get AJ over to Raw, which is probably the end game. It's got to be. It's got to be. He's been, he's been on Raw too long. I'm he's been on SmackDowns from the beginning. Right. He's faced everyone there is to face. Exactly. And Vince loves him. And they're going to swap him for Rollins. Rollins goes to... Really? You Think so. Okay, I'm fine with that. It's fine. I'm uh, good with that. But yes, Brian wins, of course. The only question really here is is he gonna kick him in the balls or is he gonna knee him in the head? Both. Sounds about accurate. And then probably win with the knee bar. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? This is your match, brother. Lead it in. So y'all, the main event of TLC 2018 and the match to be hyped about is a triple threat tables, ladders, and chairs match for the WWE Women's Championship held by the man Rebecca Quinn. And it will be Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. 
and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna kill it. They they everything about this match screams match of the year candidate. Everything about these three seats, uh, these three. Three veteran women that can all fucking go in the ring with great timing. And a great gimmick. And a gimmick that's never been used for for, for women. It just, it... Well, and one that really plays into all three of their strengths because the new Becky Lynch character is a brawler. Yeah. Flair just beat the dog shit out of Ronda Rousey in the last show. And we know Asuka is the queen of strong style. And he lost her shit. On, on Tuesday. Yeah, so like, this match plays right into the strengths of these characters, and it is going to be so fucking good. So, what I love about TLC matches, I guess you can say, is kind of, not TLC matches, but TLC pay-per-views, <clears throat> which is not too dissimilar from the World Tag League final. I love the last card before a major pay-per-view because it tells where things are going so well. So, like, we said it multiple times, like, if I said if Ambrose wins, then we could tell Rollins might be winning the, the Rumble or things of that nature, right? So, this match, I think, will tell us, essentially, your main event of, of WrestleMania for the women. Yeah, if it's going to be the match that I think we all want, then gotta lose. I was going to say, our queen has to lose her crown. But what better way for her to lose than to lose a match she doesn't get pinned? So that she keeps all of her momentum and can say no one's ever actually beat her, beat her in the ring. And then she can go and win the Royal Rumble and she can show up on Raw the next night and snap Ronda's arm like a twig and set up that bloodbath feud where... Becky owns Ronda on the mic, and Ronda's just a badass because she's Ronda, and everybody wins, and we have a WrestleMania main event that makes everyone happy. Three questions. One, is do, is, is Becky versus Nia a real possibility? If they go the route we're talking, it's a possibility for, like, Elimination Chamber or Fastlane or something like that. It would be a great place to do it. Okay. No, I think they I think they know the money is there for Ronda and Becky if they go that route. Okay. I think their eyes were opened. Fair, I, and I agree. Secondly, what do we do if Becky does lose and go to Raw? What do you do with the SmackDown Women's Championship for WrestleMania? I put the belt on Asuka finally, first of all. Okay. It, that's who I'm going to pick for the match, is I'm going to pick Asuka. Um... Honestly, I call up Shayna Baszler now, and have Oscar versus Shayna Baszler. Here's but that's because I love Shayna. I do too. But here's why that's implausible to me. Because from a storyline perspective, Shayna and Ronda are best friends. So you, I just don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It just doesn't, it doesn't jive right with me. Even though that match will be fucking fire. Oh, Shayna versus Oscar, like shut up and take my fucking money right the fuck now. We, well, to put it like this, Shayna versus Ember Moon was tremendous. Asuka's essentially the Asian Ember Moon. With more experience. With more experience and less high-flying, but more strong style. Yeah, like, but 
I only say that. I only say that because you know we both think that the Usos and Naomi are not long for SmackDown. So I don't see Naomi getting involved in the title picture anytime soon. Agreed. Um, Mandy Rose is garbage. Lana is garbage. Sonya has promise and potential, but she ain't ready for a WrestleMania title match yet. It's got to be Oscar so, Charlotte, right? I was going to say, so unless you run Asuka Charlotte back, there's nobody currently on the SmackDown roster that really makes sense for the title match. So my third and final question is, you, I knew you were going to pick Asuka. I know you. Does Asuka turn heel? I mean, if it's versus Charlotte, does she really have to? Because, like, Charlotte's got that, like, edge back to her now. And Asuka's always been this kind of in-between. No, Asuka's always been. Asuka's a goody-tooty baby. She, in, on, the, on the main roster, she's a goody-tooty baby. Goody-two-shoes baby face. Well, then maybe they bring some of that NXT edge back to her. Sure, but I think so many fans are so many fans are are built and bred to look at heel versus face. And even if there's no heel or face, traditionally, there has to be a protagonist and antagonist in the match. That's just how the, that's just how it works. So, because right now, like I told you, to me, Becky and Charlotte are both heels, even though they're faces. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if they're going to do Charlotte versus Asuka, she don't really have to turn face because Charlotte can be a heel and Asuka face. But the match don't work the same to me because we just saw... Granted, the match we saw at WrestleMania this past year was both babyface versus babyface. Um, But I think it's a different dynamic if Asuka goes dark. I just... I don't know. Personally, it's hard... I was going to say, my thing is just personally, it's hard for me to get hyped for Asuka versus Charlotte again right now because, like, I don't know what the build's going to be. And without the right build, I'm not a big fan of repeats. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you 100%. I would rather, like, honestly, I would rather see Asuka versus Naomi. And I would rather one of them turn on the other one because they're, like, besties. On kayfabe, so like I would love to see like one of them turn, and if one of them's gonna turn, it'll be Asuka because Naomi's entrance ain't going heel. Well, I would say this: from a story standpoint, if Asuka does turn heel and win the belt, and they slow burn her and Naomi to WrestleMania, build Naomi, build Naomi back up to a credible point again, she and reheat her, um, and let. And let Asuka just be dark and vicious and everything Asuka could be. Even but though, keep them apart because they've been best friends. And, and then have like, sticks up, yes. And that well, just have like even have little things like Naomi trying to like talk to her, even if she don't say nothing, just like, girl, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. And then she walks away and it's like, Oh, it's like that? Absolutely. Now see, because I mean, I, I teach enough. I teach enough black women to know that if you just walk away from a girl and oh. don't even acknowledge that she has talked to you, that's enough. It's on. That's enough. So and that that bitch disrespected me and didn't even say hello. That's a mania match, bro. And yeah. let's 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 acknowledge and not forget 
Naomi is a former women's two-time women's champ. Two-time women's champ. But a women's champion who won a title at WrestleMania. Facts. So th- for those of you saying that Naomi doesn't deserve that level of a match, she no, got within me. the women's within women's kayfabe, like you said, Naomi's only a couple of consistent wins away from being able to pull that. And personally, just for me, because of their history as a team, mm-hmm. I'd be much more interested in Asuka versus Naomi. Me too, bro. I, I, and I, I, love the way, I love the way you built that. I, I'd love to see it. Uh, for the match, you say Asuka. I still think Becky Lynch wins. I don't think they allow her to lose this early because you are – so I'm not going to talk about this in depth in this show. We'll talk about this in another show. But I am skeptical of Becky Lynch's – overness and and her longevity this being this over so i don't think that they'll they'll so much of it is so much of of this is contingent in my opinion of, of on her being champion i don't think it'll take that away from her this quickly and if they if and when they do take it away from her it'll be by nefarious means to keep her heat so um i think she i think she's she successfully de- uh defends and we'll figure out what happens after the rumble I, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, shit. For all we know, Nia could win the could beat Route Ronda, and Ronda wins the Rumble and comes to SmackDown. <clears throat> this is true. This is true. You know the rumors that they want to make SmackDown a sports show. Well, I mean, SmackDown's about to be the show with the bigger ratings, like just because it's going to be on broadcast television. Probably. Well, that's no like I, I have firm confidence in that because broadcast still pulls the numbers yeah. for everything because everybody's got broadcast. So like SmackDown's about to start like they're not gonna get like 12 million viewers or anything, but SmackDown's about to start pulling in three to four. Yeah, I, I can agree with that on a consistent basis. I can agree with that. Uh, and with Raw's that. numbers and with Raw's numbers being relatively down lately, who knows if that's a long-term trend or what that's going to be, but like if Raw's numbers keep where they're at or going downward, SmackDown's going to start becoming the rating show. Well, you said it perfectly. Re- regardless of the situation, just by the fact they're on broadcast, they're going to get numbers. And that's the reason I say it. If they were still on cable, I'd say things are going to stay pretty much more or less the same. Yeah. But SmackDown's going to a broadcast network that literally every fucking one has access to. Yep. 100%. Completely agree. So, um, like... Yeah, so that might that might be the case. In fact, that'd be an interesting dynamic to see. To see Ronda lose and have to and have to regain her... It'd be a better story to tell because we all know Ronda's history of how she takes losses. And imagine Becky... It'd be a so much more interesting story. And imagine the shit Becky will talk to her knowing that she lost, that she finally lost. Yeah, and have Rhonda like, retreat into herself and, like, play up that reclusiveness from her, like, so much better story. So, there you go, guys. I think the moral of this story is give me and Kyle the book. And, uh... (laughs) Raiders will be at nines again. I, I just, I'm just saying, like, have Ronda lose, and like, let's let's tell this story of Ronda's not a bitch anymore. She can put on her big girl pants and go back to work. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I just know, I just know this. I'm, I, I'm not a big dude on saying something that has to be. 
but I think we're almost we're getting to the point where it has to be Ronda and Becky at WrestleMania. We're getting to a point where it's become we're getting to a point where the desire for that amongst the fan base is becoming Daniel Bryan esque in the sense that if that's not what they get, Revolt they're time. gonna shit on whatever they're given. I yeah, I think we're getting close there. I think they still, if they chose not to do it, could still give us something interesting that can get the crowd interested, but that's what they want. That's absolutely what they want. And I'm gonna tell you this, and I'm gonna tell you this. They better not put Brock Lesnar in the main event over Becky <laughs> over this Becky Ronda shit that people want because you want to talk about shit on the main, they will take a giant deuce on that match. Well, number one, you must not know Vince McMahon very well. <laughs> no, I assume he ain't gonna do it. Just the same man, just the same man that put Roman and Brock in the fucking main, yo. I want to say he don't give a fuck. Like I'm not saying he wouldn't fucking do it. He, Clearly don't give a fuck. That's funny. <laughs> well, let me tell you who he is. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else you want to get in before we get out of here? Um, no, I think we actually covered everything this week. We essentially uh, covered three fucking pay-per-views, bro. Yeah. Oh, um, plug for NXT because we still love them because they're still – Pretty much consistently the best wrestling out On there right now. Yeah. So uh, shout out to y'all. Hi, Roddy. <laughs> hi, Mia. Oh, and from both of us, hi, Bianca. Hey, girl. Like you can whip your we, we are all yeah, we are all on your bandwagon. Yes, I I I uh, there's some... I, I sent you that message. Gay Twitter is all in on Bianca Belair, y'all. Yes. And 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 I think hetero Twitter is as well. I mean, everybody should be all in on Bianca Belair. I mean, she is the EST for a reason. God damn right. I'm thinking of different things than what you're thinking. I can tell. Right I'm now. sure, but you know what? <laughs> it's all right because, like we do here on uh, the chair shot, we're gonna always use our head. Boy, look at you, man. See, you can tell you got like 17 master's degrees. Tell them where they can find you, brother. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can find our missing brother, Carl, on Twitter at OutsiderCurvin. Shout out, shout out to me. I got 500 f- followers. Hey. Shout out to you, Rance. Shout at It's Ray Cash. R-E-Y's and Mysterio, C-A-S-H-S and dollars. And I owe that all to the big homie, Darren, a.k.a. Dash Kirby, because he puts me in all those damn Follow Friday tweets. And people be follow shot of me. He so does stand you. hard for the show, and we love him for it. He stands hard for our show, Ricky and Clyde, Social Suplex in general. He's a really good dude. And I promise you listeners, he will be on the podcast before the end of the year. If it got to be me and him on a Saturday, he's going to be on. Because I need y'all to hear that man, because he has great takes, great ideas. Um, yes, you can follow the show at Outsiders Edge SS. You can follow, um, don't forget, uh, we're at the, you follow the click at Social Suplex. You can listen to Social Suplex podcasts wherever they are. Podbean, um, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anything. We are also uh, a member of the Cheshire Radio Network where Kyle has already told you to. Always use your head, y'all. Follow them at thechairshot.com. And I am the co-host of the live Chairshot Radio show now on Sundays at Chairshot Radio. So give us a listen. 
call in anytime. Uh, I stretch especially this through. week because they'll be doing the post show. Post show after TLC, y'all. It's got a lot to talk about. Uh, and hashtag can ran, hashtag can ran stay up. I'm thinking of so many different jokes right now, and I'm just going to keep them all to myself. And I love you for thinking of all of them. Um, yeah, we appreciate y'all listening once again. Don't forget, powerbar.tv, oh, um, and use and the coupon coupon code social suplex. Go ahead. Also, I was just going to say happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners. Happy Hanukkah. We are in what, day three? I think so. Day three, yeah. So, yeah, happy Hanukkah, guys. Um, happy Kwanzaa if you believe in that shit. I don't know when it is. Okay. It's this month. There's a lot of things going on this month. Shout, you know. shout out to the Festivus homies. Oh yeah, man. Airing of the grievances. And uh yeah, you know, all all love to everybody and all peoples. And we love you guys for listening to us. We appreciate y'all. And um With yeah. that being said, with that being said, y'all, remember as always, we're just a couple of young men out here doing the best we can each day to make it in this hard, cruel world. And if we said anything today that upset you or got you feeling some type of way and you're real ugly about it, just remember we're out here chasing our dreams and you got to respect that. But if you don't, fuck em. we just don't give a fuck. But thanks for listening, y'all. Have a good night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.